This afternoon, we conclude a message series that I've called Missing Christmas. And we'll reflect briefly on another person who was very close in proximity to the birth of Jesus, but missed its spiritual significance. As Ray Dixon read, shepherds were staying outside of Bethlehem in a pasture, exposed to the elements, taking care of their sheep. When the landscape was suddenly illuminated by the visible presence of God and an angel spoke announcing the birth of the Messiah that day in Bethlehem, bringing good news of great joy to all. The angel told these shepherds how they could locate the baby by looking for a newborn wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger, which was, of course, a depression cut into a limestone floor where food for animals was placed. The angel invited the shepherds to search for and find the Savior. Then hundreds, perhaps thousands of angels, praised and glorified God, who, through this supernatural birth, would offer peace to all who would accept his son that very first Christmas. The shepherd's response we see in Luke 2 at verse 15. When the, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the angel has told us about, which the Lord through the angels told them. And they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph And there was the baby lying in the manger. But I don't think all of them went. Those of you that are Brookwood regulars know whenever I say I think, you are asked to consider it. But you can certainly dismiss it. But I think at least one of those shepherds would have stayed behind to protect their sheep. For there were wolves that would would attack the sheep. And there were also thieves who would steal them. So I refer to this one that I believe stayed behind as the reluctant shepherd. He's not identified in the Bible. But I believe he was there. But why would someone remain? Obviously, there was obviously the need to protect the sheep. But why would this certain one volunteer? Why was he reluctant, hesitant to go into town? Perhaps he stayed behind because he feared rejection. Shepherds were used to being disrespected by all the citizens, but particularly the religious leaders who treated them with contempt and condescension. And these were the men who were supposed to be closest to God. Because of their work with sheep, the shepherds were considered ceremonially unclean. And they weren't allowed to enter the temple to participate in public worship, even if they wanted to. Scribes, who were referred to as lawyers, were the authorities on Scripture. And they disdained shepherds. The shepherds, they thought, were, were so dishonest and so prone to lie that they were not even allowed to testify in court. Shepherds, you see, were from the lowest social classes. They were uneducated, they were unclean ceremonially and practically because their clothes had to be sold because they were 
living and sleeping outdoors. So it would be reasonable to expect that a shepherd would be allowed to come nowhere near the new king. So one of them might have just thought, what's the point? Why should I try? And so he stayed behind. You know, he might have taken comfort from the fact that, well, I've seen the angels and I heard the announcement of the Messiah's arrival. I've been exposed to that supernatural wonder and that's enough for me. But he missed the opportunity to actually encounter the Messiah. Perhaps the shepherd who remained behind offered because he, he reasoned, well, when they come back and I see how they were received, then I'll go. I'll just wait a while and I'll go later. But he wasn't aware that Joseph would be warned in a dream that he should take Mary and the baby and go to Egypt to escape the wrath of King Herod. They stayed probably up to a year, and by then King Herod had died, but his son, Herod Archelaus, was just as vengeful and just as evil. And so again, Joseph was warned, don't return to Jerusalem, and he moved to Nazareth, which was where Jesus grew up. But what did the man who remained behind miss? What happened to the ones who went? Well, Luke 2 at verse 17 says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. And the shepherds, they went back to their flock, but they went back changed because they went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. The shepherds were received. The shepherds saw the Savior. The shepherds encountered God in human flesh and they were changed by the experience. And many of you have had the same experience. You too have experienced the Savior and you've been born again. And there's some who are wondering, I wonder, will I be received? And I assure you, Christ turns away none who come to him. The word angel is a Greek word, angelos. And it doesn't mean a flying creature in a robe with feathery wings. It means a messenger. One who brings news. And I think... That after the angels left, the shepherds took their place. Because the shepherds were spreading good news. The shepherds were telling of their experience. And their stories astonished everyone who heard. Well, what happened to the reluctant shepherd who stayed behind? I think he heard the story from the other shepherds who went. And I believe he too responded by faith. You know, this story is over 2,000 years ago. There are no shepherds telling the story today. 
So who takes the shepherd's place? Do you know? We do. We take the shepherd's place as messengers, as spreading the good news that the Messiah, the Savior, has been born in Bethlehem to establish peace between God and men by dying on a cross. You know, we symbolize the passing of this good news, this great message, by passing the flame of a candle from one person to the next. The gospel is symbolized by this flame. And we become messengers of glad tidings. In essence, you become an angel whenever you share good news. Please stand as we pass this news. This is Brooks. He'll be one year old in two weeks. And Ken and Aubrey, you saw. Evan and her husband, Andrew, were here earlier. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, But you are God's chosen and special people. You know, I think that message is especially for you, Brookwood. I, I know of no church anywhere in this nation that is as generous and kind and accepting of all kinds of people for all kinds of situations, who helps people heal from hurt and and helps deliver them out of all kinds of burdens, financial, emotional, and otherwise. You love well, Brookwood. I'm proud to be your pastor, and I think God is pleased. And so this applies to you. You are a chosen. You are a special people. And God has brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now you must tell all the wonderful things he has done. Passing the light to each other represents telling our faith stories. It represents you sharing what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've experienced. Just like the shepherds. If you've been born again by faith, trusting in that child that not only was born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger, but died as a man on a cross to take away your sins, then you have seen the Savior. You have received the Holy Spirit. You know, it's the Holy Spirit who's the true spirit of Christmas. And now you have the privilege and responsibility to pass it on, to tell someone else. Matthew chapter 5 says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. (laughs) He wants Lily. Instead, uh, I'm blowing myself out here. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And what he's saying is, 
Don't conceal your faith. Don't hide your light. Let it shine and illuminate the lives of others. In the same way, the passage continues, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Ephesians 5, 8 says, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live, Brookwood, live as people of light. Blow out the light you hold in your hand. But let the light that you have in your heart burn brightly both today and through this coming year. You know, if you said, I heard something today that never was clear to me. There'll be counselors here and also in the care connection room to talk to you about faith, to explain the meaning of that Christ child who came two centuries ago. If you're just struggling today and you'd like someone to give you a hug and offer encouragement and pray for you, perhaps you've had a loss. Many of you know I lost my mother just a little over a month ago. And you might like someone just to pray with you. Also, they're willing, they're willing to anoint you with oil. We don't promise healing, but sometimes we see healing by God's Spirit. And they'll be happy to do that too. So place your candles back where you found them, either on your seats or at the bottom of the stairs and the risers. And as you leave by the side doors, really any door now, no, no other services, please pick up your Christmas at Home devotional. Use it with your family tomorrow. And I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for coming.